Many trainers, training consultants, coaches like you and I, we see ourselves as training providers, right? We're, we're not marketers. It's not our natural strength. But if you are to run a business that makes money, you have to be good at marketing. You've got to find people who need what you do and be able to acquire the skills that help you to find those people and communicate to them what you do. So what is it for you? What is marketing? What is your marketing strategy? Do you have one? Uh, maybe it's public speaking. Maybe it's writing LinkedIn posts. Maybe it's filming videos. Maybe it's email marketing. For me, it's all of these things. And in fact, a couple of more things, which I might go into another time. But today I'm going to give you five ideas to help you to build what we call a go-to market strategy. Because when you have these five things in place, you're going to be in a position, a strong position, to target and communicate with the right people so you can attract paying clients. This is the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett-Hayes. Welcome to the show. My name is Mark. I'm the host of the Training Business Podcast. It's the Thursday show, every single Thursday without fail. And it's for people just like me, people like you and me, people who are out there as coaches, consultants, trainers, experts in various subjects. And you sell your expertise to paying clients. That's what the show's about. And every Thursday, whether it's just I talking to you, as is the case today, or it's a case where I have a guest on the show, as I had most recently, I usually do a couple of times a month. We, in combination with a guest episode or a solo episode like today, bring you something to help you on your training business journey. Perhaps you're established as one of those people I've talked about, trainers, consultants, or maybe you're thinking of joining the rest of us in this community, you're perhaps working for a company right now and you're thinking about making that leap into self-employment well if this is the case you're in the right place because this is what the show is all about so before the music i mentioned that we need a marketing strategy as a consultant as a trainer you are effectively selling your expertise your time and your expertise but before you can sell you must establish your market do you agree I hope you're nodding your head. Are you an IT trainer? Maybe you are. Are you a sales trainer, a compliance trainer? Are you a diversity and inclusion consultant? It doesn't really matter what the title is because we all need a marketing strategy. But here's the truth. Most of us would rather leave marketing to someone else or we just don't bother with it because it doesn't seem exciting or even necessary. But the number one issue facing independent consultants like you and I, or even if you're running a small team with, say, you and two or three other people, the number one problem facing all of us as small business owners is that we are not attracting leads in the right quantities or, in fact, the right kinds of leads. And we'll talk about lead generation again in a future episode of the Training Business Podcast. But you need to generate leads. And I say often, without the right need, there is no lead. You've got to be really clear on who needs what you do. No need, no lead. Qualified leads are what keep your 
business going. It's what makes you a business because you've got the right people who are finding their way to your door or you're finding your way to their door and communicating something of value to them. Now, unless you're clear about who your market is, you're going to waste lots of time and money and lose things like that, which can't be replaced. Time is, of course, extremely precious. So this is going to take some work to get right, but it's all practice. That's the good news. No one writes the perfect go-to market strategy. Sometimes you bumble along and you figure things out, you make mistakes, you try something else, you tweak it and you try something new, or you take what you're doing but make it somehow different, or you involve other people. And this is my pro tip to you today. When you are crafting, designing, thinking through your go-to market strategy, you really have to involve other people that you trust. The more eyeballs on this, the more opinion, the more angles, the, the better the perspective and the better the outcome. I think marketing is a team sport. It's something that involves and benefits from having multiple people involved. If you're running a team, involve them. If you've got friends and family, involve them. So I want to give you today five things as part of your marketing strategy. Okay, a couple of questions here for you. Number one, brand strategy. We'll look at that first. Then two, value proposition. Three, content strategy. Four, campaign strategy. And five, your project plan. Now, maybe there are seven steps here, but we'll keep it simple. Five simple things to think of. And in each of these cases, I want to give you a question or a series of questions which you can ask yourself. So first of all, brand strategy. Number one, questions for you to answer. You might want to write some of these down. One, what does your brand say about your story, your personal story, who you are, what role you play in your brand? Are you a brand of one or a brand of several people? What is that brand? What is the story behind it? Two, what does your brand say about your expertise, your particular set of skills, at the risk of sounding like Liam Neeson? <laughs> what are your particular set of skills that makes you unique or qualified to solve this problem that someone has. And in the next episode next week, we'll talk about questions to help you to so solve or, let's say, define the problem that you're solving for your paying clients. Anyway, back to this one today. So the third part of your brand strategy, question-wise, is what does your brand say about your unique qualities, your unique abilities? What's different? What would make it harder to say no to you uh, so that people don't say yes to your competition? So that's brand strategy. What does your brand say about your story? What does your brand say about your expertise? And what does your brand say about your unique qualities and abilities? Great. When you've got that written down, you might want to pause this and then listen to the next one. Okay, number two, value proposition three questions for you. Which of your client's problems can you solve? Great question. We would like to think that we're all singing, all dancing trainers. Oh, yeah, I can help you with your um, Outlook, Microsoft Outlook training, and I can help you with your leadership training, and I can help you with your, I don't know, uh, compliance training and your sales training. It's not really believable when we are trying to be all things to all people. The riches are in the niches. That's what um, people say in America, because over there, the word niche, which is a French word, is often pronounced niche. So I like that, actually. The niches or the riches are in the niches. We need to solve problems 
and the ones which we are best placed to solve. Which of those problems can you solve? Great question. Now, you might be able to solve two or three, but usually restricting yourself or focusing on key problems and being best or specialist at solving those problems, I think that's where the the money is, actually. Number two, which are the solutions that you deliver? So if you know which client problems you can solve, which are the solutions to those problems? Which ones can you deliver? And question three, which results will your client get from working with you? That's really, really important. So people have problems, you have a solution, but what they really want is the result of working with you. What are the results that your client will get from working with you? Can you define them? Can you give case studies that prove that you've helped people like them before, as close as possible to them with their set of problems? And at the moment, I'm working with a copywriter who is helping me to define this, because often I find I can't get this out of my head onto paper. And I think that when you're looking at a landing page or a website, um, it's tempting to think that you can design your website and write your own copy and create your own sales funnel, etc. I don't think so. I've learned the hard way. I used to try to do these things myself. And now I work with people who are specialists in these areas. Funnel design, website site design, copywriting design. Copywriters, by the way, are the people that can articulate your value to your desired audience. We'll have, ideally, soon someone on the show who is a professional copywriter. Just bear with me for that. I'll let you know when that episode comes up. Subscribe, of course, to the podcast in the meantime to be notified of upcoming episodes like that one. So again, value proposition, which of your clients' problems can you solve? Which are the solutions you deliver? And which results will your client get from working with you? Can you define those, articulate those well? Okay, number three, content strategy couple of questions for you here. What does my prospective client like to read or consume, want to read or listen to or watch in terms of content? Is it, for example, a particular length of article or video? Are there keywords that they would use? Are there language terms, acronyms that they would use in their industry? Okay. Question two, which videos, therefore, will I record? Which podcast episodes will I create? Maybe you have a podcast, like I do, like this one, or maybe you'd like to know how to make one. And of course, that's something we'll have on the show, um, a podcast about making podcasts in the future, the near future. If you'd like, again, to know more about that, drop me a line, mark at trainingbusiness.com. Happy to consult with you and give you some ideas if you'd like to go down that path. So which content, video, audio, etc., will you create? Is it something you will do, or will you outsource this? And again, I've learned to outsource some of these things rather than do the things that I can do as well. And question three, if you have content in mind, which lead magnets, PDFs, checklists, quizzes, surveys, will you use as part of your content strategy? So you might write things, but then using things which people download, uh, engage with, will generate that response. And I found a site called Outgrow uh, creates these amazing quizzes and surveys, which you can use then to get people to engage with your content online. People can read things, but if you want them to interact with things, answer a question or a quiz or a survey... Uh, use something like Outgrow, and I'll talk to you about that in a future episode. Okay, 
So again, quest, uh, part three, what do my prospective clients like to read, listen to, watch? What is the length typically in time or number of words? Which keywords, which language will they use? Which videos, therefore, will you record? Podcast episodes will you record and publish? And then which lead magnets, PDFs, checklists, quizzes, surveys, those kinds of things which people engage with, download, consume, will you actually produce? That's your content strategy. And again, you can find specialists online who will define a content strategy for you. Fiverr Business is a place I would typically go to find people who are native English speakers and can come up with some content strategy uh, relative or I would say relevant to my business, which happens to be sales, training and coaching. Okay, number four, campaign strategy. What does that mean? Well, this is the this is the execution part almost. It's like saying, once I've defined uh, what my brand is, what I'm proposing in terms of value, what I will use to get this across, um, where will I get this across? Who are my ideal clients? What channel are they on? Um, is it on Twitter? Is it on Facebook? Is it on LinkedIn? Uh, when do they consume this content? Um, maybe it's Google ads. So a couple of like two years ago, I'd, I had Jade Luke on the show. Jade Luke owns a customer service training business in the UK. And Jade told me all about how she gets and continues to get great results from Google ads. Maybe you're thinking of that or Facebook ads. So that's part of your campaign strategy. It's your outreach. How do you get people into what we call your sales funnel? They like your training or they think that your training your coaching, your facilitation, your consultation or consulting can help them. So thinking of the ways that beat a, a path to your door, are they particular channels? TikTok, for example, for many people is quite interesting. It's quite uh, new uh, as a channel. Uh, or maybe it's something more traditional like LinkedIn or just having a website or Google Ads. What is the ideal client profile? Now, last week I talked about psychographic and demographic characteristics. This is where we're defining our ideal client profile. Who's the person that will want to know more about your training? What's it like to be them? Age, background, culture, industry, location, and then psychographic. What are their values, concerns, priorities? So go back and listen to last week's episode if you've not yet heard that one. And question three, what am I going to do to get my ideal client profile, my my, my audience to to follow me, to engage with me. And there's someone who really gets LinkedIn uh, lead generation. Her name is Natasha Villaseca. You can check her out on LinkedIn. She makes some fantastic, easy to watch, easy to listen to videos on YouTube. She gives away a lot of content for free. And she also has a program on helping people to get leads via LinkedIn. And she knows her stuff. And I've read plenty of testimonials which confirm this. So check her out, Natasha Villaseca. I think she was a guest actually about two years ago. I need to check that one out. I've had so many people on the show. Forgive me, Natasha, if you're listening. And finally today, number five, which is the project plan. This is the, the bringing together of all the elements we've talked about so far. So the project plan defines a couple of things. Who is going to execute each of these elements? Who's going to build your website? Who's going to run LinkedIn content, who is going to do stuff on Twitter, for example. Um, maybe it's you. Maybe you want to outsource this to a VA. Again, I work with a VA 
and she's doing some great stuff taking uh, content from my recently published book, Sales Coaching Essentials. And she's doing some fantastic stuff with that on LinkedIn, much better and more frequently and to a higher standard than I can. Because if I'm doing these things, of course, and if you're doing these things as a trainer, as a consultant, you're not doing the stuff that pays the bills. You're actually using your time instead of giving that work to someone else who could do it better than you, whilst you can then focus on paid work. And believe me, I've learned this the hard way several times. Um, question two, which skills and tools do you need as part of your marketing strategy? It might be that you choose a tool like Buffer, which is what I will use to, um, or rather my VA will use to send out um, scheduled content on platforms like LinkedIn. Again, it's not my area, but I know what she's using. Maybe it's LinkedIn Sales Navigator. I mentioned Natasha Villaseca. She helps people to define how to find the right message that resonates with people on LinkedIn. Maybe it's Slack. I use Slack with my team and with a couple of colleagues because it's brilliant and it's so easy and it's free. Uh, Asana, A-S-A-N-A, -A -A, Asana, which was invented by one of the co-founders of Facebook, I think Dustin Moskowitz. It's a brilliant project management tool. You've got monday.com, which again is a project management tool. You've all of these tools which you can use or get other people to use as part of your content marketing strategy. So I will often connect with my colleagues, Sam and James, and discuss episodes which are upcoming or the pictures we need and so on. And again, that's all part of the project plan. It's planning this in advance. And that's something I'm really trying hard to get better at doing things in advance. And then things like Active Campaign, which uh, I will be using soon next month when my uh, end of July, in fact, when my new website goes live. And that is a tool used to communicate uh, or market to people using what's called a nurture sequence, which means that I will be writing some helpful emails in conjunction with my copywriter, which will paint a picture of how I can help people with my training and my coaching. And again, this is all part of the modern way of doing things. Um, it's getting people into a nurture sequence, we call this, where they get a particular set or sequence of emails with a defined uh, timeline between emails. And then you can measure this. This is the whole idea. It's data-driven. You can measure which emails are opened and therefore which people which people you're talking to and which problems they have that uh, they feel is something they want to find out more about regarding your training, okay? And lastly, number five, final thing, how much money are you going to invest and what is your expected ROI? Because this will take money. This Whether it's paying for tools uh, like LinkedIn Sales Navigator or um, a paid plan with Slack or Active Campaign, uh, these subscriptions, not all, but some, and many, in fact, cost money. Have you the money for that? If you're working with uh, VAs, virtual assistants, how many hours a week do you want them to focus on your content strategy? And where will you find them? And how will you onboard them? And I've had some luck. I've had some, I've made some mistakes with that. And that's something to think about too. So let me wrap up today with some example here. A recent guest of mine is called Sharon Steed. And Sharon has a profound speech impediment and she won't mind me saying this because this is unique to her. And this is why she is credible when marketing herself. That's part of her 
actual brand. She defines her brand as an empathy consultancy, and I'm reading this, with an emphasis on communication and inclusion. And when she is communicating that brand, her face, uh, her story resonates with organizations because many organizations, of course, with a diverse workforce these days, uh, recognize that they have to be inclusive and therefore have to do a better job than they're doing. And this is quite topical right now. So that's Sharon's brand, an empathy consultancy with an emphasis on communication and inclusion. You can check out Sharon over at www.communilog, that's C-O-M-M-U-N-I, community, and then log, L-O-G-U-E dot co, www.communilog.co. Um, Sharon's value proposition is this, we teach leaders, managers, and high potentials the tools to create inclusive cultures and drive collaboration within and across teams by changing the way they approach work with empathy. That's her value proposition. So it's teaching people about the value of working with her and whom she actually can help to achieve particular things. And again, I'm just reading what Sharon's written. I think this is really clear. It's short, it's succinct. That's her value prop or value proposition. Now, what is her content strategy? Uh, Well, from what I can see, she has a blog. She uses email marketing. Uh, On her homepage, she encourages people to download a lead magnet. This gets your or their email address, and then she can begin this sequence of marketing uh, to people. She also has LinkedIn courses, uh, which drive a lot of traffic to her website and to her, her LinkedIn profile. And that's, of course, part of her go-to uh, market strategy. It's it's realizing there is an audience for this on LinkedIn Learning, uh, realizing there's an audience for this via her blog on LinkedIn uh, posts. And of course, her e-learning programs as well serve this. This is part of her content strategy, sharing content from her e-learning programs and her workshops. Her campaign strategy is to get people into her email list. She also uh, does lots of public speaking, which is um, just a joy to watch how someone is so courageous with a speech impediment and does a brilliant job of bringing the audience with her and uh, celebrating that that thing that makes her unique and why she's best placed to solve this for her paying clients. And lastly, her project plan, I'm guessing I don't have access to this, probably includes her website. And she also works with a VA, I guess, to help her to pump this content out, schedule uh, things like workshops. She's got four key workshops, which she has refined over the years to help her ideal clients. So that's an example of a recent guest on the show. Check out Sharon Steed, my interview with her. Uh, website again is communilog.co.co, not .com.co. So in summary, I've given you today five ideas to build a go-to market strategy. And when you have these five things in place, you're going to be in a position to target the right people and through this marketing strategy, communicate with them so that you can help them and attract them as paying clients. Thanks for your time today. Please subscribe to the show. It takes a couple of seconds, costs absolutely nothing and gives you a heads up of episodes as they come out every Thursday. Tell others, of course, about the show. Um, There are lots of people out there who are thinking of becoming trainers or coaches and this kind of content will help them. And this is what it's all about, helping people just like you and me. And thank you for your ideas, which you continue to send me via mark at trainingbusiness.com. Come back again next week, please. 
I look forward to seeing you back here again next Thursday. Until then, keep going, keep training. Bye for now. Thanks once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. See you next time.